Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Fake. The only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Okay, so welcome to episode 39 uh, with a special co-host of Richard Dereziga today. Um, welcome to the show, mate. Hey, man. It's actually Deseriga, and I, I think that's kind of the secret reason why you brought me on as a guest host is because you're uh, <laughs> you're so good at butchering my name. So excited to be here, though. I butcher everybody's name. Every time I read out someone from kind of Europe for who's like posting the blog post and these weekly updates, I always get it wrong. And some people are kind of polite enough to just let me know. And like, yeah, you totally butchered that one. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I spell your name wrong too. You just need to chalk it up to, you know how Vesa always says that it's his Finglish. You need to be like <laughs> Austranglish or something like that. Austranglish. That's right. There you go. And the thing is, I always call you Rich Diz too, so it doesn't even make sense to call you Dereziga instead of Dizariga. I'll just get it legally changed, man. It'll make the whole world easier. It would be better for SEO on your blog post that I reference on blogs.office.com, right? There you go. So um, we had some feedback from the community that I'm too boring on my own and that we need some kind of witty banter at the beginning of the show. So um, you're in town last week because um, you've recently moved to a different role. So do you want to just explain that to the listeners of what, what you're doing now and where, where you were? Yeah, so um, for years I, I was in a group in Microsoft called the Microsoft Technology Centers and it was a, a kind of an innovation center that helps work with some of our big, big customers. So uh, big EPG customers and what I've recently done is switched over to really focus on our ISV space. So working with developers and ISVs on really maximizing what they're doing with, with our services. So love, you know, software vendors and people that are building products. And, you know, Office 365 uh, offers such a, a unique and, and great addition to a lot of software that people might be building. I mean, we've had you on the show before talking about a few things like Yammer development and you're kind of quite broad in terms of your skill sets. Like we're, you've been traveling with me with the Office 365 summits, and it's amazing to see the crowd kind of go crazy when you do like the Cordova session where you're just coding pretty much the whole time. How long have you been doing kind of dev development? Oh goodness, probably like I guess two decades. I mean, I've always seen myself as a, a developer, uh, and you know, uh, even though I did a lot of things like in the SharePoint space. To me, I, I never really liked being called a SharePoint developer. I was a developer that could do things with SharePoint and understood that platform. Uh, but you know, I like doing things across all different types of development platforms, and I think that's what's really great about kind of where we're going in um, you know the Office Dev space is you know starting to trickle into things like you know mobile apps and being able to develop there and being able to develop you know, rich services that run in maybe something like Azure. So it's an exciting time uh, for, you know, developers like me. Which reminds me, talking about mobile apps, you were talking about a Swift app for OS X, and I don't see that you've shipped that to GitHub yet. So um, is that something we can look forward to in the future? Yeah, you know, I zipped it up and I'll be the first to admit, I'm slowly embracing the GitHub world. You know, I'm good in a, a shared repo and being able to contribute there, but when it's my own stuff, a lot of times I find it easier to, you know, just zip it up and throw it out on OneDrive. Um, and I think mainly because, you know, like an artist, they finish something and they, you know, sign their piece of art. I'm not saying my code is art by any means, but I never feel like it's a finished thing. Like I'm always like, well, there's something else I want to do with it. So yeah, you know, I probably should uh, stick it out there, but it is, 
if you go to my blog, it you know you can go download, you know the Swift uh, solution that uses the Office 365 SDK. There's also a sample that's just using pure ADAL and REST, um, and you can download both those. But I'll get them on GitHub. I really like what you've been doing recently, where you've been blogging about it, shipping the code, and then doing the YouTube video explanation as well. It definitely helps people to kind of consume it in different ways. Yeah, I try to always do a video with just about anything I, I post out there. And so, you know, in the beginning of the shows, we tend to talk about, very, you know, the, the weekly updates of what's been going on. And, and one of the best bits of news this week, and um, nearly fell off my chair when I saw that not only did he post one blog, but he posted three, uh, Kirk Evans, that is actually now a Microsoft architect in the Azure Center of Excellence, uh, but has been kind of known in the SharePoint space for a long, long time. You would have seen him presenting at... SharePoint conference, you know, 2014 and to, well, pretty much all the SharePoint conferences, I believe, and um, at the build conferences and stuff. But um, he's kind of aligning the SharePoint dev days to his new days in the Azure side. Did you get it? Have you had a chance to have a look at those blogs? I think they were in the last few days he's posted those. Yeah, Kirk's one of my kind of staple go to. Um, you know, I really watch what, what he puts out there. He's a local Texan like myself and uh, he puts out some amazing things, really comprehensive solutions. Um, so there's some really, you know, great things that he he did this week. One of them, you know, being able to connect to additional services from um, an Outlook app, that's one of the kind of the biggest ask we hear from ISVs is, you know, having that contextual ability, um, being able to add more context to a piece of mail is huge. But, you know, the challenge of, well, how do I how do I deal with identity and how do I maybe authenticate and connect to different services? And, and Kirk wrote a really good post um, kind of detailing that. Yeah, and he's got some great kind of logic flows there um, talking about how where the tokens go and when the services interact. And it's a good plug for his um, Fiddler extension, which I use to debug the tokens so you can start to see the properties that are flying through and the scopes and different things to make sure you, you have got the correct keys and stuff in there. Yep, good stuff. And then he also did one where it's kind of similar to what I'd posted around a while ago, but um, calling the Exchange Online API from a directly within a SharePoint app and uh, you know how you can configure that with a client ID in secret. Um, it's really common for that to happen. Um, and we're going to see that more and more as we you know add additional services to the Office 365 API, which we'll start announcing a kind of build and ignite where you know, it's not just about mail calendar contacts, files and sites, you know, there's a lot of other things that we can start grabbing into. So it's good to see kind of Kirk helping out with the auth story there because certainly is one of the biggest blockers when we're either at events and you know, you've heard the questions when we've been away or you know, even when they come on the forums as well, it seems to be the, the obstacle we're trying to help unblock as much as possible. Yeah, you know, it's funny, um, there's a lot of effort being done today around kind of patterns and practices and the, the really cool thing is that we're seeing that evolve, you know, is, is two years ago, a challenge like that, how do I, how do I go and, and call out and maybe send email from my SharePoint app? Well, CSOM provides some of that. There's actually a send mail in CSOM, but you also need a pretty high level of permission to do that. And so it's cool to see the, the evolution of the Office 365 platform and how we might be able to do it some different ways. So it's cool that Kirk got that out there. Yeah, and then in talking about Azure AD, Victor Willen, who um, again has been around in the SharePoint space for a long time, an MCM and an MVP for, I don't know how many years he's been an MVP. I think for as long as I've known him, he was an MVP. And um, he's made a great find, which to be honest, I wasn't aware of, um, in Azure Active Directory called Dynamic Groups, which I guess the easiest comparison is to anyone who's done any work with SharePoint audiences and 
headbutted the wall a few times trying to get that stuff to go, where you can actually build these kind of, they're calling them where clauses inside the dynamic membership, where you can say things like if job title contains, and in Victor's example, he's put CVP, then that will be filtering everyone in the organization based on that. And what's interesting is, is those dynamic um, security groups actually work in SharePoint Online. So it's kind of a, um, a replacement for another option over SharePoint audiences for those that are familiar with those with SharePoint server. So it's really cool where Azure's improving, um, how that can improve the Office 365 story as well. Yeah, I have to admit, this was one of those ones that um, I had no clue was possible. So this is a really, I think a really neat one and it solves a you know, common challenge. You know, if, if I'm in a business unit and you know, maybe I don't necessarily have this, you know, security groups or a lot of times someone's AD environment so uh, unorganized, they, they can't even get to that point. So being able to maybe base those on properties, that's really powerful thing that is was news to me when I read it. And so, you know, his blog and he, he managed to get at Wictor as a Twitter handle. He's, he's very active in the community there. And um, it's been great to see that work he's been doing. And I was actually talking with Acer yesterday in actual fact, and there's a new open source community project, which is kind of moving an additional bit of work in the patterns and practices group which we'll announce shortly as well so i'm really excited that um, he's going to be involved in that too and um, i was on the phone with him yesterday actually about the evolutions conference in london um, and how, how that's going to work as well where he's going to be talking about the office graph with uh, waldeck so that's going to be pretty cool to catch up with all those guys um, in london just before build so i'm on the road three weeks first week in london for evolutions and then build in san francisco and then ignite in um in Chicago, so it's going to be a long, long three weeks. So if you see me at one of those events and I look tired, you know why. <laughs> and in Australia next week, right? Yeah, I actually leave. Uh, so the show comes out Thursday morning, so I've got to get CJ to upload the audio because I leave Wednesday afternoon to um, arrive in Sydney on Friday morning. So I'm going to catch up with my folks over the weekend and then um, we've got the event Monday and Tuesday, which you're going to be at as well, right? That's right. Yeah. Office 365 Summit. So it'd be, it'd be easy actually to record next week's show because we'll actually be there in person together. Yep. So we um, there was one other quick bit of news before we jump into the show, which was um, Vice President of Development Division at Microsoft. Um, he's in a lot of the keynotes and he's announced on a blog there that the Visual Studio Tools Windows 10 preview uh, are available now with the CTP6 which now allows you to create the Windows Universal apps that we touted at the Connect conference back in November, I believe now, um, where now you can kind of create one Universal app project and create that for Windows 10 on a PC phone, tablet, and Xbox. So um, that you've done a lot more work than I have in this space with Xamarin and Cordova and multi-device. Have you had much time to play with the Visual Studio 2015 yet? I have. I mean, it really, as far as like the universal apps, that's, I think, where you're going to see the biggest change is not necessarily needing to, you know, have these multiple, these separate projects between mobile and, um, you know, Windows and really the convergence of that and, you know, better tooling experience with some of those cross-platform tools. So, you know, really excited as, you know, the tooling and things mature to, make 2015 my primary IDE. I think right now I still, for a lot of things, kind of 
evolve back to, to 2013, but I'm excited to see where we're, we're going with that. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. I've, I've actually, I've got to install it on this machine. I, I actually just flashed this whole laptop last week because it was playing up. So I need to go reinstall that on there and, and have a have a good play. But with a 14 hour flight to Sydney, I've, I've got plenty of time to sit there and crank out some stuff too. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to compare notes on uh, what movies we watched. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure with the traveling I've done this year, I've already watched every single movie on the Delta flight, to be, unfortunately. <laughs> I need to get like The Wire or uh, Veep or some TV show that I can just sit there and smash for the uh, entire flight. Yeah, or get one of those flights that has the internet over the ocean now. That's what uh, I'm waiting for. Yeah, I did that at Christmas. I did the uh, Emirates flight actually had from Seattle to Dubai full streaming internet and uh, I had a Skype call with someone, video Skype call on my, on the plane. Wow. Um, I probably made sure that everyone else that was on the plane couldn't do any internet at all, but I had a great Skype call. <laughs> cool. Well, um, thanks for joining uh, the show, mate, and uh, hopefully the audience likes it. We've got a really good show today talking about the API Sandbox, and um, we'll, we'll record next week's show kind of live in Sydney, and we'll grab some people there for sure because there's some good developers out there that we can pick their brains on what they've been doing. And um, yeah, we'll uh, enjoy the show and we'll speak to you next week. Excellent. Okay, so I'm here in Building 18 today with Xiao Ying. So thanks for coming on the show for me. It's great to meet you, Jeremy. I'm uh, very glad to get this chance and we can talk more about the uh, API sandbox that I'm working on. Yeah, and, and so you've just moved because you were all in Building 25, right? Before and now yeah, you're in 18. It, yeah, it's a long story. Like, um, we just keep moving buildings. Like, yeah. we, uh, I started here in Building 41 and then we moved to Building 9 and then 25 and now Building 18. Yeah. It's kind of exploring the Microsoft campus <laughs> here. <laughs> I was say, I don't even know where 41 is, but Building 9 is very nice. Were you in there before they renovated or afterwards? Because Building 9 was a really nice the oh, cafe yeah. and stuff. Really? Yeah. I always think that it's a really confusing building because <laughs> all the time people just knock my door, those strangers, and ask me, how can I get to this room? Yeah, well, it was hard finding this room because now these are you're in an open plan rather than mm -hmm. offices, which is quite new to yeah, that's Microsoft. True. Do you prefer it open plan or do you prefer having your own office? Yeah, I actually prefer this kind of open place here yeah. because uh, we call that team room. It's mm -hmm. better for the communication. So whenever we have anything that we want to discuss, it's so easy to find the people that I want to talk to. Yeah. And so you're in a program manager role. Yeah. You're in engineering. So whereas myself being in product management and marketing. So your devs, when you're building these things out, are they in the room with you as, as you're going through and building these things? Yeah. Like uh, in my current team room, we have uh, all my feature crew, the devs here and all the PMs that are working with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what would people have known that you've been involved with as part of the Visual Studio team in in the past? What what kind of projects have you worked on that our listeners would have kind of been using themselves? Well, um, I work on a couple of different things. Like I started working on the Office developer tools, that is the developer mm -hmm. tools for building uh, applications for Office and SharePoint. I'm still working on that. Yeah. And um, now I started working on API Sandbox. Yeah, I think we first met because of the work you'd been doing around application lifecycle management with the, the build scripts in TFS and uh -huh. those kind yeah. of things as well. Yeah, that's part of the tooling support that we want to enable for SharePoint developers. Yeah, and um, and now you're working on the API Sandbox. So we, we've talked about it a bit on the show with mm -hmm. various different engineers that have been involved with the APIs. But So your team is the one that's actually been shipping the API Sandbox the, the website, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And and so 
we released that in, in October. Uh, yeah, last year. And what was the goal of it? Why, why did we feel we needed this sandbox online? For the API sandbox, the major goal is to help developers to get a better getting started experience. Especially we know that like Microsoft in general provides uh, start providing more and more cloud services for our customers. And it means that um, it provides more services for developers to build applications using those services. But how can we make sure that it's easier for those new developers to get a quicker understanding about what those services are? Usually, you know that um, for developers, if they want to use any services, they have to sign up, which may take some time, to fill in the forms and wait for the site to be provisioned. But if they haven't decided yet whether they really want to use that, don't really think that it's really necessary for them to take that time, even it just takes probably a couple of minutes. Yeah. So we just want to provide such an environment for them to just go to that site and play with the APIs immediately without waiting or wasting any time. Right, so they can kick the tires and see what methods are available on the endpoint. Yeah. And what's the experience like as a dev? Like I go to the web page, most of the people listening will be driving in a car or sitting on a bus right now. So uh -huh. try and be as descriptive as you can, and then it'll entice them to go and check it out. But what's the experience like when they first hit the page? What options do they have? Well, there are a couple of options. Actually, the major thing is that whenever users load that page, it doesn't matter whether they're using their like laptop, desktop, PC, or using even using the tablets, they can go to that page, and the API sandbox will directly sign you in with a sample user in a sample tenant that we set up for you. Like uh, for current API Sandbox, we support Office 365 APIs. So actually we have a sample tenant provision for all the users of the API Sandbox yeah. and with sample data that they can access to. So I could use the calendar API and get the events mm -hmm. as the user in that tenant yeah. and I would see those that results coming back. Yeah, so it supports all the GET operations today for um, accessing Office 365 APIs, like GET messages, GET calendar events, GET files from OneDrive Pro. Cool. And so any of the RTM APIs, so yeah, One, OneDrive is one you mentioned, Mail, Calendar, mm -hmm. Contacts. Mm -hmm. And then um, do we support the Sites API as well with the Sandbox? Not yet. No, so yeah. we've really focused on those OData for yes, endpoints right. first. Yeah. Okay. And so... I guess the benefit there is is that they can see the code, how it's constructed, like the endpoint mm -hmm. as a URL. Yep. But they can also see the results that come back in a JSON format too. Yeah. So that for them, they could check maybe whether certain information is coming back in their calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As soon as users go to API Sandbox, we have a um, big green run button that is very <laughs> easy to see. Yeah. And uh, we also show the default code samples, but still, uh, we provide a set of different code samples to demonstrate how to use the APIs, and user can feel free to select any of them and click that run button, and then we'll connect to the sample tenant and then get data from the sample tenant. Right, like so, so can, they don't have to write any code themselves. You've got snippets that they can select from for yeah, each endpoint. Yeah, they can just go there, click run button, see the result. And But if you want, you still can change the code in the sample code, and then we run it and see difference in the result. All oh, right, so it's a little bit like JS Fiddle, where you, you've mm -hmm. kind of got an IDE inside mm -hmm. your browser. Yep. So I could tweak the JavaScript yeah. or whatever the language is, right, to then execute it again. Yeah, JavaScript or C Sharp, those are the languages we support today. Right, so, and they can copy and paste that out into their own projects if they choose to. Yeah, of course. All right, okay. And so you mentioned JavaScript and C-sharp, but is there an intention to add support for 
for other languages as well. Yeah, we're looking to um, if there's any other interesting language which is supporting API Sandbox. Yeah. So we actually have a, a voting form that is powered by user voice mm -hmm. in API Sandbox. And uh, you can definitely go to API Sandbox and to choose um, the unsupported language we show you and vote for it. All right, and then okay. we'll prioritize based on the voting result. So from a getting started perspective, like this is great because it means you don't need to download any tools. You're right, you don't have to sign up. You can just get cracking and start poking away at it. Yeah. I guess the other end of the spectrum is you know, where I've been grabbing code samples off people like Shucks and stuff, but mm -hmm. that would mean you'd need Visual Studio, you'd need a tenant mm -hmm. to be able to F5 and get things right. running. So this is definitely a, a nice way for brand new developers to kind of understand the API surface. Yeah, definitely. And as we add new endpoints in like Yammer and like mm -hmm. the, the Office Graph, Will those appear in the API sandbox over time as well? Yeah, we're working on different uh, partners who provide the cloud services in Microsoft, and we're trying to add in more and more cloud services into API sandbox. From the Office 365 perspective, but from other cloud services as well? Yeah, that's true. All oh, right, okay. So this won't just be for Office, it could be other things. Yeah. Cool, that's awesome. So the idea is this is going to be like the one-stop shop for API play uh -huh. playground almost. Yeah, that's true. So it it behaves as a playground for users to tinker with the code because yeah. we believe that for APIs, definitely developers want to play with it mm -hmm. to get better understanding about that. But we also understand that for developers, in order for them to learn more about APIs, just playing with the code is not all the things that they want. So yeah. we also have better integration with the MSN documentations. So for example, um, in addition to the links that we provide in the API sandbox to those like API references. We also integrate into the MSDN documentation for REST API references and for client library docs. So if you go to, for example, Office 365 REST API references, you'll see that there's a green try button in the documentation for different um, REST APIs. And you can simply just click the try button, and then it'll connect to API Sandbox proxy, and then show you the result from the sample tenant. Right, right. So it's very similar interactive experience for developers. And a lot of those try buttons then have parameters which you can tweak to yeah. show different re responses as well, right? Yeah. So it's a great way of being able to explore the documentation, but actually interact with real responses that are coming back from a proper tenant. Mm -hmm. So as we... You know, as we continue to improve and iterate on that, mm -hmm. we'll see those changes straight away in the documentation rather than kind of this, we ship it to the service and then we, you know, there's time mm -hmm. that takes to build documentation and get it formalized. Yeah. We're kind of re reusing the output, which is cool. Yeah, we just want to make sure that the whole end-to-end -end experience is really connected and interactive with each other. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's other companies that have been doing this for a while around like the sandbox and playing, but mm -hmm. what was the main motivation for the feedback? Was it really just the, I just want to get in and try it before mm -hmm. committing to the sign up? There was a, like, we must have heard a lot of this feedback to want to have done this feature, right? Yeah, that's true. So one of the things, as I mentioned, that it takes developers time to set up anything before they can really try it. Yeah. So we want to make sure that they really don't want to waste any of time for it, and they can just see the value of those APIs immediately. Right, right. So, uh, it's all about the productivity. Yeah. And another thing is that we did uh, look into different 
um, third-party companies who provide this kind of try experience for mm -hmm. the REST APIs. But we found that actually there is still a big gap that is missing there. That is for developers to really can see the sample code and play with it. Yeah. So we can see there are a lot of playground just for developers to to learn about those REST APIs. But for developers, at the end in their application, they need to write code like JavaScript code and C sharp code to yeah. call those REST APIs. And we want to make sure there is a such playground for them to really write their code that they can use in their applications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's interesting because I, I know like the OneNote team are using Apigee mm -hmm. for their stuff, and um, it's been very popular. And what we saw at um, TechEd was that developers are actually just writing their JavaScript code in the sandbox, and then mm -hmm. once they had exactly what they wanted, like mm -hmm. the query right, just right on the get, mm -hmm. they then just grabbed that code and put it in their, their mm -hmm. project. So it was kind of a way of isolating, just getting that code working before moving it into the, yeah. the real guts of the project that they were building in Visual Studio. Yeah. So right. it's a great, it's not just for kind of poking around. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people use it to to test that the query is going to work yeah, in, a, that's true. in a tenant as well. Yeah, so for those developers, um, in addition to what I mentioned, we have the sample tenant built for everyone. We also allow developers, if they already have signed up for the platform and get a tooling, they can just sign in into API Sandbox using their own tenant. And then they can just play with the uh, APIs and to see what kind of result they, that they can get. Right. So if they if they've got an account that has their own calendar data or mm -hmm. files data, they'll see the results in the sandbox come yes. back as that data. Yeah. That's really neat. And so moving forward, like uh, you know, we've talked about potential new languages. We've talked about new endpoints. Is mm -hmm. there anything else that you're excited about that will be coming to the sandbox? You know, the the grand vision of things. So I'm sure you're not done with what we shipped already. I'm sure there's some cool things coming. Yeah, so we're also looking to add more support for different types of the sample code. And yeah. actually, we're also looking for feedback, like what kind of the samples that can really help for developers to learn about APIs. And we're also looking to the better documentation integration. So not only through the links, but how we can integrate API references into API Sandbox to help developers learn better about those APIs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's always common questions that come up around like, how you do paging and mm -hmm. how you do kind of the, the edit and then the updates and yep. different things. So in the future, we'll actually be able to do more than just the gets and do some other kind of more push type stuff as well. Yeah, it's definitely in our roadmap. That's cool. Yep. And so um, how do they get to this sandbox? What's the best way to get to the sandbox? So there is a easy to remember, I hope it's easy to remember URL <laughs> <laughs> to access the API sandbox. It's called apisandbox.msdn.com. Cool, that is very easy. Yep. And then if you're on dev.office.com, um, it's in the documentation, in the navigation. So right. wherever I am in MSDN or dev.office.com, mm -hmm. in the documentation in the top now, I can jump straight to it too, right? Yeah, if you go to like the Cloud Library um, documentation for Office 365 APIs, yeah. or go to the REST API references for Office 365 APIs, or go to the dev.office.com getting started yeah. page, there's also the link to the API sandbox. And I think it's great that it's built directly into the documentation as well, because it allows people to really kind of try those things yeah. in the different endpoints as well. Yeah. And then from um, a feedback perspective, if people are using this already, or maybe they mm -hmm. listen to the show and then they have a crack mm -hmm. at it afterwards, what's the best way to communicate with you guys and well, get feedback? The best way is to go to API sandbox through 
Let me repeat that again. <laughs> apsandbox.msdn.com. And you'll see that on the left sidebar, at the end of that, the, there's a link called uh, feedback. Send us message. And you can oh, just okay. submit any suggestion to us. And make sure to leave your valid um, email address so that I can get in touch with you. You can reach out. And so yeah. is that through user voice or is that something different? So we leverage user voice for that. Okay. But that would be the easiest way to access it. Yeah, yeah. And so if people want to see what other people are recommending, mm-hmm. they can go and use a voice and see what other things people have been suggesting. They can maybe vote things up or add yeah. comments or things as well. Yeah, that's true. That's cool. So you've actually got the user voice site open there. And what's interesting is, is you can see that PHP is obviously the most popular language that they want to get added to support with. Yeah. There's 53 votes. And then what else is on there? So we've got the Java there. It's got 42 votes. Mm -hmm. So it seems like there is some commitment there in terms of usage outside of what we traditionally do around JavaScript and and C Sharp. One interesting thing is when they write the C Sharp code inside Mm -hmm. the sandbox, that's not just calling the raw REST, is it? That's actually using the client libraries mm-hmm, as we'd correct. expect them to do that in Visual Studio. Yeah, correct. So if we, with the Android SDK we have and the iOS SDK, is mm-hmm. there, you know, is that something we might look into doing as well? I could look at, you know, Android Java code that's using mm-hmm. the SDK or Objective-C or Swift code that's mm-hmm. using the, the iOS SDK. Yeah, definitely. The general plan is that whenever we support a new language, we want to make sure both client library or SDK and mm-hmm. the REST API call can be supported at the same time. Right, okay. That's interesting. So, I mean, it's the vision here then that this becomes almost like um, a good snippet library as we get support, not just for Git, but for the rights as well, where people can just go here and it's almost like auto-documentation almost, right, of the different things you can do with the API. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Yep. Are there any other crazy requests on there other than language support? Yeah, there are quite a few other um, general feedback. Oh, I actually see there's a new one. um, Someone would like us to support Azure Mobile Services support. Oh, okay, it's another service. But currently, there's only one vote. So if you do want to get that supported, please just vote for it. No, it's really good that the engineering teams are using this now. Like, we've been using it now for about a year, all up with ODP Mm -hmm. um, in the Office Developer Platform team. And um, it's been great to hear the program managers kind of quote user voice as a way of going, mm-hmm. well, we don't feel that there's enough demand here yet. So for people listening, it's really important that if you are using the sandbox and you want improvements to it or you've got yeah. some cool ideas that the showing and her team are really interested in hearing hearing from you guys and, and seeing what you want from it. Yeah, definitely. And so where can we um, find out? Are you, do, you, do you come to any events? Are you going to be at any of the events coming up? Or any of your team? Yeah, um, I believe that we're going to have a booth there with Office 365 team and to present the API sandbox to everyone. Cool. And if you're interested in, you can just uh, visit the booth and you can just put your hands on and to see how API sandbox works for you. Yeah, actually work at it there. So yeah, it's going to be fun. We were just in meetings this morning with Sonia and CJ and those guys and they were talking about what we're going to have at the booth. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interactive. We have a bunch of engineering people coming and mm-hmm. um, it should be really fun to kind of have the engineering teams talk directly to the yeah. customers in person rather than kind of over email and user voice and stuff, which is good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, we had your boss, Sean. He um, he was um, at NGConf with me in Salt Lake City, which was good. So he got some to see some real-world developers kind of playing on stuff as well. And we demoed mm-hmm. the sandbox at that event too. Yeah, and what was cool. interesting was is that the Google guys that were there, like who are more familiar with Angular and uh-huh. were actually quite intri- in, uh, like impressed with the level of coverage that we had in that sandbox. So uh-huh. 
think it's good, I guess it's good testament to you guys of your work that you're doing there as well. Yeah, that's great to know. Cool. Well, um, I appreciate your time on the show. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Or I think we've kind of covered over the main major points we want to talk about with the sandbox. I think that's pretty much about that. Cool. So I just want to encourage everyone, if you're interested in, for now, Office 365 APIs, just go to API Sandbox and to play with the APIs and then leave your feedback to us. Great. Well, thanks very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's looking a bit gray out there today. I'm uh, feeling a bit too Seattle-like at the moment. So yeah. I'm hoping the, hoping the clouds clear. Uh-huh. At least it's not raining. Yeah, that's true. It was horrible <laughs> yesterday. It was like torrential rain all day. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm still getting used to the weather here. Cool. All right. Well, thanks very much. And we'll get you on the show maybe later in the year and we can talk about some of the new things that you've put through as well into the sandbox. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com WACDEV where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 technical network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.